It was the first drive of the 2022 season, and the Eagles were a mess. Hurts fakes. He's back. The rush came, and he threw it away incomplete. He had no protection that time. Hurts fires wide on the far side of the field intended for game will. Third down and 10. Yeah, the Eagles jumped. This time the Eagles jumped. Five incomplete passes. Three scrambles. Turnover and downs. It was getting ugly early in Detroit. The start of the second drive was ominous too. The Eagles got a penalty. But then they started to settle in. Back goes Hurts. He fires. He completes it. A.J. Brown spinning downfield. He caught it in the middle of a lot of traffic. The very next play, another completion. Hurts fires over the middle. A.J. Brown first down and more across the 40. That's a big pickup of 18 yards. Just like that, the Eagles were in rhythm. A few minutes later, they scored a touchdown. And ultimately, got out of Detroit with a win. They didn't just win, they escaped. In hindsight, a couple of throwing catches to A.J. Brown over the middle were a big reason why they got going. Going over the middle is a huge part of A.J.'s game. His slant routes are so good, maybe even the best in the NFL. That's why I was shocked to find out that at one point, he didn't even want to do it. First couple times we ran a slant, he was like, man, one step, I'm out of here. Willie Gillespie was A.J. Brown's receivers coach in high school. He was there from the beginning. You know, he's seen some people run slants and get really hit really hard. And he was like, oh, man, I'm getting hit really hard. Yeah. And he was like, man. So we came out there. The first thing was to change his mindset. Every play we run is not designed to get you hurt. It's designed because it's a good play, and you just have to perfect that play. Since then, it's safe to say AJ's figured it out. In his first year in Philly, A.J. Brown crushed it. He broke Mike Quick's 40-year-old receiving record. He said, the first pass is going to come to me, and I'm going to break your record. And A.J. Brown, on the slant route, gets the ball. He tied a career high in touchdown catches. And he scores! A.J. Brown took it away from Trey Avery and scored his second touchdown of the game. I'm telling you, they got to get these boys in the weight room. And he continued to show why he was one of the most dominant receivers in the game. 25, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, A.J. Brown, 78 yards. How did he get so good so fast? What makes him tick? How does a town help produce a pro athlete? I went back to his stomping grounds in Mississippi to find out. I know where all my blessings come from, and that's, that's the thing. That's the way I, I remain humble. If the Eagles want to get back to the Super Bowl, if they actually want to win it this time, A.J. Brown's got to be A.J. Brown. I'm just going to be myself regardless of, you know, whatever's going on. I, 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 being myself is, is, is good enough. I'm Jeff McClain. I'm the Eagles beat reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And this is Uncovering the Birds, a Philadelphia Inquirer and KOW News Radio original podcast. Season 2, Episode 1, Raising A.J. Brown. I love a good origin story, and ever since the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown in the 2022 offseason, I've wanted to do a feature on him. The Eagles invested a lot in A.J. in terms of draft picks and the $100 million contract they signed him to. I knew who A.J. was on the field. Off the field, I didn't. There really wasn't a lot written about him in terms of his past 
and his personality. I asked him after the trade if he would allow me to go to his hometown and talk to his family and his friends, but he told me to wait. He wanted to show in his first season in Philadelphia that he was worth the contract and worth the amount of draft picks that the Eagles gave up to acquire him. A year later, he didn't have that same excuse. So after the season, I asked him again, and in June, I went down to Mississippi and followed AJ to two youth camps that he was having in Starkville, his hometown, and in Oxford, where he played football for Ole Miss. I also wrote a feature about the trip for the Inquirer. Check out the show notes for a link to the story. My first stop was at Starkville High School. I flew into Memphis, rented a car, and drove two hours south to AJ's hometown. When I got to the high school, the first person I spoke to was Cynthia Millens. She was AJ's sophomore English teacher. I'm going to pull out all kinds of new information okay. for you, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out she had an Eagles connection even before AJ. We spoke in the gym. So your brother played at Alabama mm-hmm. football, and did your brother do well at Alabama? Yes, yes. Freddie. Freddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he played for the Eagles briefly, didn't he? Yes, that's my brother. Wow. <laughs> Small world. Small world. You remember him? Oh yeah. No, I didn't cover him. Okay. Um, I didn't start covering the beat until two. Cynthia Millens was an athlete herself back in the day, a basketball player. Right away, that gave her and AJ some common ground. So when did you first meet uh, A.J. Brown? <laughs> I first met A.J. I used to referee S.A.Y. And it's a Starville Athletic Youth Association. I can't think of the, uh, I think it's Starville Association for Youth. And so I was a referee. So when he played basketball, he was coached by his dad. He may have been eight, nine or ten, maybe younger than that. Do you remember anything about AJ at that age, or well, do you just to, remember that you had him? Yeah. Yeah, he used to foul a lot. He used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his dad remembers. He always talks about when uh, he fouled out. It was always my fault, you know, for calling the, that fifth foul for him to foul out of the game, and he would get upset. But other than that, yeah, he's a great kid. I just just full of energy is what I remember. Yeah. About AJ, he loved to smile. A few years later, Cynthia got to know AJ in a different setting, the classroom. They both saw a different side of each other there. It was interesting when I went to AJ, you instantly mentioned your name. He did. Yeah, like, so like, (laughs) why do you think that it was? In high school, he just had one of those personalities that, I mean, to me, it's, he was, he was a, he was a great athlete, but he did not act like he was a great athlete. He was not arrogant. You know, it's just like he really just kind of just, he just kind of get in where he fit in. You know, yeah. he could be at a at a ball game. You you won't even know he's there. You'll see him before you hear him. I mean, he's not a loud person to me. No, no, he's not. And a lot of times NFL receivers are. They, 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 they get these are. diva, they get this like diva personality. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. he, he is, he, and I mean, the way he is now, I mean, he really just, just low, low key, low key key. The next day, I caught up with AJ in Starkville at one of his football camps. There were seven-on-seven drills, music playing in the background, and I asked him about Cynthia and what clicked between them. Part of the reason he respected her was because he knew she knew his dad. He kind of helped me out a lot. 
because uh, she can always remind me, she was like, you know, all I got to do is call your dad, and, you know, and I'll straighten up, you know, just because, like, I was kind of forced to grow up because I love playing sports, so I was like, I'm not going to get in trouble. Like, I'm trying not to get in trouble because I don't want the game taken away from me. I'm sure to a lot of fans who only watch AJ on the football field see him as this outwardly brash personality. But having been around him in the locker room for a little bit, I got to see this mellow guy, this more introverted and sometimes subdued guy who's also very humble. When I went back to Starkville and spoke to Mrs. Millens and a lot of the people who knew him, it confirmed for me that AJ is very much a behind-the-scenes, kind of under-the-radar guy. But beneath all that, there's this fierce competitiveness, this work ethic, and this drive that has compelled AJ to become what he is now. Next up on my trip to Starkville High was Willie Gillespie, AJ's receivers coach. We spoke in the weight room. Did you play? I did. Uh, I played at the uh, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Played with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, you did? Okay. Played in the USFL actually for three years. In the, in the USFL, I, play, I played there three years. I'm what team in the USFL? Tampa Bay Band. Yeah. Willie first coached AJ when he was in eighth grade. AJ hadn't played football since he was a peewee. Willie still remembers a conversation he had with AJ's dad, Arthur, not long after his return to the game. His dad and I were really, really good friends, and he said, well, Coach, well, how, well, how my son doing? I said, man, AJ ain't doing nothing. He said, what do you mean? I said, man, AJ don't really want to play this game, you know, just because they had this drill, used to call a bull in the ring. Well, you get in the ring, they point at somebody, and that guy run at you, and then you have to butt him up, you know. So you punch somebody else, and then you butt him up. Well, AJ was butting somebody up, and he banged his little shoulder, man. He went home. I'm so hurt. I'm so hurt. <laughs> like, dude, come on, man. You, you're not hurt. You just think you're hurt. So, and I, actually, eighth grade, man, he was a kicker. So that tell you how his eighth grade year went. <laughs> he was a kicker. Which always ended up being the onside kick because he'd always miss the ball. And the ball would go to the left and it'd be the onside kick. <laughs> Willie knew that AJ was a good athlete. He was already a good baseball player. But he pretty much thought at that point he'd never play football again. A few years later, AJ's friends started goading him. And some of them called him a chicken to get him to try out for the football team. And AJ took the bait. So Willie had another opportunity to coach him again in 10th grade at Starkville High. When I got him in high school, he was just green. I mean, he, he knew absolutely nothing about playing the position, zero. Yeah. I mean, he just, he didn't even know how to line up. I remember him getting upset. I remember him getting upset with me a couple of times just because I kind of got on him about some stuff. You know, like, look, this guy's like 5'8". You're like six foot, and you, and you don't catch the ball. I mean, what's the problem? <laughs> you know, like, you should be catching the ball. You're way bigger than he is. Duh. <laughs> During his first season as a sophomore, AJ was more of a factor on defense. He led the team in interceptions. At the end of that year, AJ finally made a huge play at wide receiver. Willie can pinpoint the exact moment. Late in a playoff game against South Panola High School. Things weren't going very well, and we threw him a hitch out there, man. He made a guy miss, and he went about 65 yards for a touchdown. 
you know, had an uncanny ability to separate and run away, want to run away from people, yeah. which was really unheard of of Kitty's size. In less than three years of playing organized high school football, AJ had turned himself into the number one wide receiver in Mississippi and one of the top recruits in the country. His junior and senior years caught 29 touchdowns, 2,400 receiving yards, and in his final season, Starkville won a state championship. Once it, once the light came on with him playing football, he gravitated to the sport and he started to take the sport home and put cones in the yard. And he took it to heart. He became a really great uh, football player. By it. it was clear that AJ's work ethic, the natural skill, obviously the success of Starkville were going to put him on a path to success at the next level. Even like at a young age, even competing in high school or coming up in high school, man, I think I just, I just wanted to be the best, even though like I had other like really good players around me. I spent most of my first morning in Mississippi at Starkville High School. But after I left, I drove around town a little bit to get a little taste of the local flavor and to find out a little more about AJ. I went to the barbershop where he used to get his hair cut. Vince's, and spoke to Vince, who actually, to this day, still cuts his father's hair. And um, so, you, so you just knew AJ kind of, yeah. how old would you say? Like, like you probably went like this, probably yeah, like nine, ten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We drove to the 16th section area, which is where AJ grew up. It's country. It's not that far outside town, but guys driving in TVs up and down the roads, there's dead tracks, there's like dusty trails. The road off of AJ's home is very hilly, it's dirty. There's a basketball court, backboard net that his father had actually erected at one point. It's just standing in the middle of a field. Then he was off to Oxford, two hours north, where AJ played at Ole Miss and was holding one of his two youth football camps the weekend of my trip. This is where I met AJ's family, his mom, dad, and two sisters. Sharita is the middle child in AJ's family. What was he like uh, as a little guy? Oh my God. Um... Um, a piss. <laughs> and I always say that because I had to take him everywhere. But he was always loving and kind and, and very, like, energetic. And just, like, you're going here, I'm coming. I'm, I'm about to ride, too. Like, he was always ready to go. Um, especially like- that was a theme. AJ's family painted the picture of a kid who was always on the move. AJ's mom, Josette Robertson, told me a story. Very fast-paced. Had his first haircut at nine months. Really? Yes. Hair, everything about him was fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and family was, people, you know, there was a myth. If you cut a child's hair before they're one, that it, they'll be slow walking. Oh, I never heard that. Yeah. So he had his first haircut at nine months. Like, two weeks later, he was walking. I also spoke to AJ's dad, Arthur, at the youth camp in Oxford. Quickly, the conversation shifted back to Starkville. He grew up there, too, and he set the scene of what that town was like. What's it like growing up in that area, like, for a boy, for a young boy? Like, there's so much space, there's, you know. Well, like I say, to be honest with you, it was kind of laid back, and it wasn't that much to get into because it was in the country. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all them stores. You, know, you can go in there and do 
was pretty much everybody kind of like in the neighborhood pretty much is they not they was relatives everybody was yeah. like cousins my yeah. auntie my yeah. uncle yeah. so if you was doing something somebody gonna let me know and then you know you're in trouble so yeah. you know and he wasn't gonna do that he won't get in trouble Arthur structured AJ's life around sports, but it wasn't very hard. AJ loved it. Coming up after the break, more on that father-son bond and how a major change in the family dynamic altered the trajectory of AJ's life. I'm Jeff McLean, and this is Uncovering the Birds. Everyone I met on my trip to Mississippi pointed to A.J. Brown's father, Arthur, as one of the most prominent reasons why he became a star. Oh, he was always there. You know, I think it was a lot to have a great dad in place. Daddy was, was with him all the time, taking him to different places. It was their thing. Arthur Brown was born in Chicago. And that's where he first earned the nickname Junebug. When he moved to Starkville to live with his aunt and uncle, that's when he became just Bug. Bug played football back in the day. He was also a receiver. Football wasn't Bug's number one sport. Baseball was. I got hurt my senior year in baseball. So that's what kind of threw me out. I broke my foot in two places, second base slide and second base. so, So that kind of just threw me out. And that was that. Bug's future in baseball was essentially over. When Bug had kids of his own, you can bet that they were going to play sports. For the eldest Riva, it was basketball. For Sharita, it was softball. And when AJ finally came along, it was baseball. Bug had AJ with a bat in his hand almost from the time that he was born. He got really good at it too. Played center field, could bunt and get on first base almost at will. His dad built all these little gadgets for him to improve his swing and even had a makeshift infield in his backyard at his home in Starkville. AJ got so good at baseball that he was drafted by the San Diego Padres in the 19th round coming out of high school. So you knew he was, he was clearly gifted, but... Yeah, because, you know, he wanted to do it. That's the killing part. See, that would make a good athlete. You got to want to play it. Bug said that AJ was a good kid. Growing up, his older sisters told me that their dad took it a little easier on AJ, at least compared to them. I gave him his, his leeway. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I told him what he needed to do and what he not. And he just did that. So, you know, like I said, he wasn't no, no bad kid. Just did what I asked him to do. There was one observation that Willie Gillespie, AJ's high school coach, made that really stood out about A.J.'s dad's relationship with his son. And that was Bug was always there, but he never really got in the way. Like when A.J. had to make one of the first major choices in his life, baseball or football. Were you upset when he chose football over baseball? Because I think, were you more of a baseball guy or you didn't care? Well, actually, I just told him whatever decision he makes, because if we start some, we can't. We can't stop. Yeah. We got to keep. Yeah. But, you know, baseball is my sport. But I like football, too, but I know about the jump, the, the jeopardy long haul yeah. in baseball than, than, than football. But, you know, hey, I didn't think he was going to get that big, though. 
it wasn't just the growth spurt. It was AJ choosing instant gratification of football over a sport of failure and the long grind that it was going to take for him to make the majors in baseball. AJ and I talked about the decision at his football camp. Was your dad disappointed when it was like football or baseball because he loved baseball and put so much effort into baseball? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he, he was uh, disappointed some, somewhat. Uh, because, I mean, he just wanted me to be happy too and wanted me to play what I love, but uh, he definitely loved baseball. And so we still talk about it today, you know? He, like, I just want to hit with the Phillies. And he was saying, I saw the swing. Yeah, he was like, you how still, was it? You still, you still got it, yeah. looks like. <laughs> So it was football. Then came the next big decision, where to play in college. Some of the biggest names were going after AJ, like Nick Saban. Alabama recruited AJ hard. Of all the guys, Nick, Nick Saban was one of the guys that I really respected. Uh, I respected all of them, but it was just something different about Nick. Nick didn't never change anything. Mississippi State offered AJ first. The school is in Starkville. But after a certain point, A.J. felt like they weren't showing him enough love. Then Ole Miss started getting in the mix. After he finally revealed his choice and picked Ole Miss, the reaction was intense. It bothered a lot of locals. A.J. told me about this. He said fans harassed him and even made death threats. It was bad, man. Um, You know, I had to do a bit for myself. And so my dad, you know, continued to talk to me about it because... Social media was bad, like people always bothering me. People in public were always, just people would just be always messing with me and stuff about it. Once again, Bug was there. Willie Gillespie respected the way Bug helped AJ handle adversity. I think his dad was a great buffer for him, where he was not overwhelmed with uh, recruits coming in. His dad would stand in and say, look, my son doesn't go anywhere without talking to me. End of story. So all the guys that was recruiting AJ knew that I had to talk to his dad to get him to go anywhere. Yeah. And if he went there, his dad was going. Which I thought was excellent. I thought uh, his dad did a great job. Of he didn't get involved, but he was always there. AJ had his dad's support. He went to Ole Miss and flourished. He broke some of the school's biggest records and turned pro after three years. AJ's mom, Josette, knows how much it meant to A.J. having his father present. It's just major. I mean, his, his dad was at every, every game, every event, even if, if work prevented me from being there. His dad was there for everything. My dad is always around, like, you know, so we kind of, we, we laid back and we, we enjoy ourselves, but, man, we did so many things. He was always having something for you. Always. After the time I spent with A.J.'s family, during the first day of his camp, this much was obvious to me. There's no way AJ would be where he's at without his dad. Which is why this next part of the story was so devastating for him. His mom and his dad got divorced when he was around 13. They had been married for 20 years. Josette moved to southern Mississippi. Arthur stayed in Starkville. AJ essentially had to pick. He stayed in Starkville with his dad. When they got divorced, it did take a toll on me. Just kind of just lashing out. It's cool, like I was bad. <laughs> AJ eventually got through it. He had help. His dad, of course, was by his side. But the community of Starkville also rallied around him, according to Willie Gillespie. 
his coaches, his teachers like Mrs. Millen's, and his friends and family were there to care for him. AJ says the divorce still impacts him and how he is maybe guarded around newcomers and doesn't always let everyone in. But for those closest to AJ, they get to see his true self, the humility, the kindness that he carries in his life. Josh Aka can attest to the value of that. He's a receiver at Ole Miss. I was introduced to him at AJ's first camp of the weekend in Oxford. Did you like kind of meet me to AJ? Uh, just kind of met him just through, through the game of football, you know, him being around at Starwood High School. You know, he really was always pouring into kids. And, you know, I just had the, the, the luxury and having the pleasure to be able to him taking me under his wings. And since then, we never looked back. Josh is heading into his junior year at Ole Miss. Like AJ, he went to Starkville High School. Unlike AJ, Josh took a detour in between. He had to go to community college to build up his football resume before landing a spot on the Ole Miss roster. You were kind of looking up to him? And- right, yeah, right. more of a like, yeah, this guy, you know, he, he, he was just, it was just something different. You know, it wasn't always about football. He always gave me life lessons, you yeah. know, just, just how to just care myself and be more than just an athlete. So as you get older, are you guys now more like uh, on equal ground or like, you know? <laughs> I really say uh, it's, it's, it's not much that changed. You know, you can't really put a title on our relationship. It's yeah. more of like we just pour into each other, man. When, and we, it, it's been some things, you know, we talk about everything. So it, it, it's not just always football, football, football. It can be life. It can just be like, man, what should I go get to eat today? Just, just anything, yeah. man. So yeah. that kind of puts our relationship in a nutshell. What Josh Aka was talking about gets to the heart of one of the biggest takeaways I had on my trip. When it comes to A.J. Brown and what makes him tick, the answer was right there in Starkville. The idea of home and being around his family. Away from the field, A.J. is in many ways the same guy his parents, sisters, teachers, and coaches have known. Not the star Eagles wideout. To them, he's just Jay. His mom, Gisette, even calls him a homebody. The reason I believe that he's a homebody now, because AJ's a home. He yeah, he doesn't, he don't, he doesn't he care he about... He doesn't care about... Oh, no. He, he just wants to be home. And then when he wants his family around him, we're home. Now, even though he has an opportunity to do a whole lot of stuff, he's at home with his family and his pastime is playing the game. Yeah. He's content. He's in heaven. Philadelphia might be a thousand miles from Starkville, but for people like Cynthia Millens and Willie Gillespie, it never seems like A.J. Brown is that far away. One thing, just as an educator, you just never know how kids are going to turn out. You know, I mean, you teach all of these kids throughout your career, and to have um, someone like A.J. to just really... At the time, you don't know, you don't, it's not like it's just something special about them, but it's just like, but when they leave high school and then just, you know, just soar the way he's soaring, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's when you just, that's when I just reflect on the kid and, you know, in the classroom. He's one of those guys, man, when he, when when the lights come on, man, he's all about business. Couldn't be more proud of the guy though. Um, Couldn't happen to a better person. 
Bishop member the best, man. I think he's a he's a great guy, a great ambassador for whatever he does as well. I just think he's uh, couldn't happen to a great person. This is Uncovering the Birds, a production of the Philadelphia Inquirer and KW News Radio Original Podcasts. Our producer is KW News Radio's Brian Seltzer. Tom Rickert is KW News Radio's Director of Podcasting. The executive producer from the Philadelphia Inquirer is Renee Eiffel. Special thanks to Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're around for season one, thanks for coming back. We missed you. And if you're a new listener, please help us spread the word. You can always leave us a review or a rating, like Moo Funk One did on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if we're going to be able to do one of these every week in season, but we're going to do as many as we can. You can listen to episodes of Uncovering the Birds, including the first 10 episodes from season one, free on the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcasts, or go to inquire.com slash podcasts. I'm Jeff McLean. You can follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Jeff underscore McLean, or search for my name on any social media platform. And again, if you want to read the feature story I wrote about AJ, there's a link in the show notes, and you can find it on inquire.com. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>